and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix 122nd film. It's the 2018 Christmas rom-com, The Princess Switch. It's directed by Mike Roll and it stars Vanessa Hudgens, Sam Palladio and Nick Cigar. I am Jesse and I'm here with Andre. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. It's We're feeling festive. It's a... Uh... It's bloody hot in Australia, so it must must feel like Christmas. And uh, and we're watching Christmas movies, so I've got nothing to complain about. Yes, you're you're a little bit of a fan of the Christmas fair, so um, hopefully this is one that uh, will stick with you and you'll put on repeat um, every year around this time. You'll find out very soon how I felt about this film. Good. Well, uh, start us off with your fast flicks, where you, you give us a quick summary of of your thoughts on the film. Alrighty, so we've got a baker and a royal who look identical. So they switch lives for a couple of days to get a taste for what it's like on the other side. Uh, all of this happening during the festive season, of course. Yeah, lovely. Uh, so two lookalikes trade places and possibly fall in love. Ooh, fall in love with each other? Who knows? That's the, the mystery of the film. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we... We uh, we have the part where we, we sort of check out and see what we can work out about how this one was put together. So what, what could you see about the Christmas, oh, sorry, the Princess Switch and how it was made? Yeah, look, you you might um, you might prove me wrong here, but there, there wasn't a heap about this, which makes me think it was just pretty smooth sailing from a production standpoint. And Netflix was pretty happy to just roll out a new Christmas movie without too much fuss. Um so Vanessa Hudgens was basically the one who announced it after she posted it on her socials. Um, and from what I can gather, that was basically after the principal photography had already wrapped up. Uh, and that was in June of 2018. And she announced the movie as the Christmas switch. But then it was later confirmed by Netflix that it was going to be called the princess switch. Um, possibly a deliberate ploy. Uh, maybe just to let people know, Hey, this is a Christmas film as well, but we're also kind of going down the same route as a Christmas prince. Uh, which obviously had a fair bit of success the previous year. I mean, there's a lot of similarities, right? Um, but apart from that, man, like the majority of the film was shot in Karai in Romania. Uh, and after that was wrapped up in late June, it was ready to be released on Netflix on the 16th of November. So they just didn't mess around with this one. They, they filmed it, they put it in the can, they edited it, and it was on our screens before you know it. And there's a, a sequel which has uh, recently uh, come out as well. So if you wanted to, to check out the... I think it's called the Princess Switch Two. Is it? I, I didn't even look into it to be honest, um, but I think that's that's available to watch on Netflix or nearly. Yeah, I know. I think it just just came out very recently. Yeah, um, I guess the my, I had a look, and I think this is probably one of the ones that's got the most um, translations or different words that have changed in the uh-huh. title for different languages. Um, so I'm just going to reel through them because there's heaps and heaps and they're all very similar and all say the same thing, but I, I want to finish off with a, a, bit of, a bit of a corker at the end. So um, Argentina, Mexico, it's the princess exchange. Oh. Brazil is Portugal. I'm oh, sorry. Brazil, they speak Portuguese. So it's the princess and the commoner. We've got Bulgaria and Serbia. It's the princess replacement in France. It's the princess of Chicago. In Germany, it's uh, the Princess Swap, Greeks Double Princess, Hungary's Christmas Exchange, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to keep skipping through. I've got heaps more here, but I want to go with the Czech Republic, where it's called Princess from the Confectionery, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and in Chinese, it's also called Princess. Yeah, Bandai. they're all fine. Like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
good. Um, all right, we've got um, double uh, what? Double princess. Sorry, the princess double pack. It's like a twin pack of um. <laughs> I thought. I think that's uh, just not a great <laughs> translation. Uh, good. All right. So um, okay. What else have we got here? The I guess the. I pour. There's a, there's a scene where they're watching Netflix on the screen, and there's a whole bunch of different Netflix films up on the on the screen. And there was Christmas Inheritance, there was Christmas Prince, El Camino Christmas, Like Father, and Set It Up. So everything that was on the screen, we've done an episode on, which I thought was pretty cool. And then this sort of led me down a little bit of a path where last year um, Netflix actually announced that there's a Netflix holiday movie universe, a bit like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> and. Uh, it's now commonly known as the Netflix Christmas Cinematic Universe or the NWCU. So just in case uh, you're interested, there's a <laughs> there's Netflix put out on their socials a, uh, a, a infograph that connects all the films somehow um, in some little connection. Is that why they work so hard on integrating them within each film? Is that why we keep seeing snippets of their own films in their Christmas movies? I think so, yeah. So that's an interesting little pickup. Um, the only other thing that I had there was that... Um, the song that was in the opening scene was actually performed by the guy who plays Prince Edward in the film. So he, he, um, he performed the song there as well, which was an interesting little fact. Um, oh, anything yeah. else or consensus? Yeah, no, nothing else that I, that I figured out. The consensus is, yeah, is actually pretty good. And I, I think it's probably why we've got a sequel and why we've got something else probably not that I've seen the sequel, I'm sure it's a very similar plot and going to be exploring very similar things because it worked the first time. So it's a 6 point, sorry, it's a 6 flat out of 10 on IMDb, uh, over 21,000 ratings there and a bit lower on Letterboxd, but still 2.5 out of 5. Again, 21,000 uh, ratings for that. So got enough eyeballs. For this kind of film, if you're getting a 6 out of 10, I mean, you, you couldn't you couldn't ask for much more, to be honest. Yeah, positive on Rotten Tomatoes to 75% on 12 reviews. So fresh, no consensus, but uh, yeah, sitting there on fresh. I had a go. percentage match for this one, uh, which I was, I, a bit, I was a little bit surprised. 75%. So um, yeah, not, not too, too low, not too high, but we'll sit there and take that. But that can lead us into our early thoughts. So what are your early thoughts? I'm very one? surprised I didn't have one. True. Yeah, you do like your, you do like your Christmas like, yeah. Well, that leads it perfectly. Like, you know I love Christmas movies and I have historically been a lot more lenient with what a pass mark is for a Christmas movie. I'm also happy to allow higher levels of corniness uh, if it's used to sort of ham up the spirit of Christmas. I like all that kind of stuff and I let it go. But it might be possible that the corny levels were actually overblown on this film because... <laughs> I think they might have taken it just a little bit too far and I had a little bit of trouble actually enjoying this movie without rolling my eyes at most scenes. Um, I mean, I liked I liked the wholesomeness of the season of giving and being who you are and doing what makes you happy. I think they're nice messages, but that was kind of intertwined with this gimmick, obviously, of Vanessa Hudgens playing two identical people and the insane predictability of the plot made the, the other stuff really hard to enjoy. Um, but I mean, it was harmless and that's what you want out of a Christmas movie. So I'm not complaining with anything, but you could watch seven minutes of this movie and you know exactly what's happened. And they kind of want you to know that. I don't know. It was, it was a bit of hard work, this one. Yeah, I'm very similar. This was sugar-coated to the max. Um, 
it takes bits out of every Netflix Christmas <laughs> film that we've seen and it left all originality out the door. Um, there was there was nothing original about this mm. at all. Um, and that's, I think, probably where my criticism for it comes is that that was, the, like you mentioned, so predictable. There's nothing that you don't expect to, to happen. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, Character that was time. a comfort we right? But, yeah. Character time. Um, so... Stacy DeNovo, and apologies, it does seem to be a little bit of a lag, so sorry if it sounds a bit crappy in your ears, but we will work through that. Um, Stacy DeNovo played by Vanessa Hudgens, obviously the first Vanessa Hudgens character that we meet. This this felt like Gabriella from High School Musical after she's finished from college and she was out there making it on her own. I kind of appreciate it. I'm like, oh, we're back with Gabriella. Like, this exactly <laughs> it was. Um, I mean, what else What else could you say? Like, everything about this character was so stereotypical to fit in with the story they were trying to tell. Like, she liked to work hard. She liked to stick to schedules. She liked to give back where possible. And, of course, she hadn't quite moved on from her ex and needed a little bit of a nudge to get back out there. But, I mean, it was ticking every single box that you had to tick to tell the story that you wanted to tell. So, I mean, it wasn't that exciting, but yeah, that's Stacey. Yeah. I got exactly what you've said that I guess that broken up the ex-boyfriend. The only other thing is of course, she's got a best friend that with a kid that has been, wants them to get together as well. Just one of those other little things that you add in to, to sort of say, yeah. you know, perfect little, um, little scenario sitting there ready to, to be broken apart, I guess. Um, mm. Margaret was the alter ego or the, the, the second half of the same character, I guess. Uh, just a bit more posh, but a lot more Definitely. down to earth and not as organised and not as, oh, and more spontaneous. I guess just the opposite. That's all they were, really. Yeah. Opposites. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, they, they set her up as, like you said, quite prim and proper, but she kind of had that wild let your hair down side which actually didn't feel very real from this prim and proper princess that we kind of met. Um, but hey, you know, once they commit to it, then you know where the film's going, so it's fine. Um, yeah, she's exact, exactly opposite. She plays by her own rules. She pushes boundaries and she kind of floats wherever the wind takes her, which is all the things that Stacey doesn't do. <laughs> they had Prince Edward, I guess, is the, the guy that um, Stacey ends up or wants to be with because she's switched or whatever. Who cares, really, which one switches with people? <laughs> They each had to end up with a guy. We've got Frank, we've got um, Prince Edward. And I mean, they're both pretty nice guys. Neither of the guys had any qualities that you were like, there's nothing about you that uh, stands out as something that might push someone away. And I, I think that it's weird, I guess. Oh, it's not weird, but it, I guess it was just, a, like I mentioned, very sugar-coated. There's no, no negative qualities about these guys. Yeah, I mean, Kevin especially was like, what a bloke. He was a great dad, yeah. great friend. <laughs> I thought you did too. <laughs> um, but he's just like, he's, he's just perfect. <laughs> and I guess that's what you kind of cook up in the lab when you're making these kind of movies because everyone kind of needs to swoon for him a little bit, but also everyone wants him to get the girl. So it just works that this guy is super perfect. With um, with Edward, this, this bloke actually made a I was a little bit unsure whether I was supposed to like him initially. And the only reason I was leaning towards liking him was because they had a couple of the, uh, the meat cutes early on. So I was like, Oh, that's obviously foreshadowing what's going to happen. Um, but he kind of needed to be forced out of his shell a little bit. And, and I, I, I kind of appreciated that because nothing else was really happening with these characters. So I, Prince Edward was maybe semi tiny, a little bit interesting in that sense. Oh, God. Um, 
the the daughter of um, Kevin, Olivia, I felt the worst for this kid because the whole deal at the start about the switch was that we'd get her a ballet sponsorship and mm-hmm. there was no follow through. It was just left in the air that this kid wants to get a sponsorship and nah, that's all good. We'll just forget about that. So um, I forgot, forgot about that actually. <laughs> forgotten in the story. Yeah, she got a pretty good gig though. They just like I don't know how they got this trip. I know they obviously applied for this um, competition, but pretty sweet gig just before Christmas with great accommodation, got to fly halfway across the world, and oh, it's pretty good. And then all of a sudden, you just get to take your sous chef and his daughter. Like that's that's part of the part of the prize. Yeah, um, I've got the the kindly old man who was credited as in the credits, and that he was just was. This, okay. this random old dude who popped in every now and then just to give this little inspirational little quote that realistically he was not needed one bit. And I hated every moment that he spoke to anyone because he added nothing. To the I story. called him, I called him the Christmas angel. I didn't look what he was called because he was yeah. not only did he not add to the story, it, it made very little sense where he was sitting within the story. And I, I was kind of expecting the movie to end and him to be like this little star or something like on um, it's a wonderful life. You've got the guy who's kind of like a Christmas angel. I thought it was good. I mean, I guess it was a bit of a throw to that, but they kind of never really wrapped it up. It was like, oh, here's this guy that was just in America or Chicago at the start, and then he, he was over in wherever they were, Romania. But, um, yeah, it didn't make sense. Silly. Um, and then Brianna was that evil villain who was probably the nicest villain ever. All she did was cut a cord and um, <laughs> she didn't stop anything from happening or anything like that, so... That frustrated me too. <laughs> Cutting the cord, though, someone's going to pick up on that earlier than they did. <laughs> like it's just going to happen. <laughs> Made some sort of check beforehand. Yeah, sure was, no. yeah. Uh, we we could die, we could dig really deep on this film and, and point out a lot of flaws, and it's probably not the point. Exactly. Any other characters? Nah, you went to more than I would have. <laughs> <laughs> the director, um, Michael, oh, Mike Roll, but he had 57 directing credits. Um, and this mm. was his biggest, biggest piece on IMDb. Yeah, a lot of TV series, a lot of TV movies. Um, but he did some episodes of Supernatural and Smallville. Um, been around for sort of 20 odd years. But yeah, this seems to be his biggest thing. And obviously he's backed it up with the sequel as well. Yeah. Also um, TV show called Helix. Good sci-fi one, which I quite liked. And um, that Shadowhunters one, which is pretty popular um, recently as well. Yeah, all right. He's done all right. Same, same time. What are some um, scenes that you enjoyed in this? Yeah, I'm going to start with this one, despite it not being a scene I enjoyed. But I did want to call it out that at the start, when they were trying to convince Stacy to do this competition, in fairness to her, pretty hard decision to just close your business that time of year. I know they were, they were really pushing, like, ah, you need to get away. It's like, hang on, she's running this business. You know, in, in downtown Chicago, it's going to be really busy. You can't just close your doors. So I appreciated where she was coming from, to be honest. All not she that needed, it was a scene I liked. All she needed was for the ex-boyfriend to tell, not not, not, not be thinking about her anymore. It's like, cool, I'm out. It's done. Yeah, exactly. Um, that might come up in the other section we talk about. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a little bit fun when Edward first walked in on uh, both the girls' trying to sort of switch characters and she had to pretend that she was uh, Margaret straight state had to pretend she was Margaret straight away while she was hiding behind the couch. I just thought that was kind of a funny little fun scene. That's one of the few things that did work for me. 
I liked it when she said I slept like a log and he looked at her weird and she said, a royal log. <laughs> I thought that the term royal log just reminded me, it just made me think of someone going to the toilet and I thought that was kind of funny and yeah. I hope that's what the gag was. Um, the only other scene that I did like was at the end when Kevin was kind of uh, throwing himself at uh, Stacey Margaret, whichever one he thought it was. And I, I liked it when he talked about, you know, all those little moments with you. That's what life's really about. Um, I thought he, he, he hit the nail on the head nicely. The idea that you can fall in love with someone, <laughs> even though it wasn't actually her, but fall in love with someone that you've known for such a long time because you do appreciate all those little moments that you do share together. And I thought that was that was pretty nice. Yeah, very nice. Um, I've only got one thing that I found a little bit humorous and uh, there's a scene where obviously uh, the Stacey um, was playing Margaret and needed to get on a horse and obviously didn't like horses and, even though I could see where it was going, um, I just thought it was funny. I had a little bit of a giggle when she jumped over the horse and just went the whole way over and stacked. Um, <laughs> um, but I also hated this, the back end of that where she cracked it for going. Like, it was a really quick outburst. So it sort of ruined it. That was that's, the, that's the one little positive I'll take out of this. Yeah, right, what, I'll what give are, you that. What are some things that you didn't like? Yeah, the first one was the scene that you mentioned when she bumped into her ex and how his current girlfriend was just insanely just naive and unrealistic and there that was just a terrible scene um similar to the scene and this is where you spoke about the villain but like it was maybe a nice villain but she was also a terrible villain but when she spilt that drink on her apron it was just overacted and like wasn't also wasn't that's why you got a bloody apron right it's going to get dirty that's why you wear an apron like unbelievable why didn't maybe she wasn't wearing an apron that scene works a bit better anyway um it annoyed me and this was always the case with a film like this how many times do you actually want to hear them say things like oh remember this or oh i thought you said this because they're trying to assume these different personalities and they don't have any context of how they got to certain places it's just annoying every time they say like hey but you said you're gonna do this the other day it's like oh yeah no i am gonna do that like it uh, it passes limit for me. Um, when the uh, Christmas angel dude came over <laughs> to Kevin to say, warms my heart to see two people in love, just for no reason. Like, <laughs> there's no reason why you would come up to anybody and say that. Stop it. Didn't like it. Um, this is a good one that I don't think you would have picked up on, and I hope you did, but you wouldn't have. When the, they had like an exterior shot of the toy store before they went in and there was an extra who just sort of walked out the door oh. and the camera kind of followed followed him before it found, you know, our, our normal cast. Um, and he was he was awful. Like he knew the camera was on him the whole time. This extra is walking and he's got the straightest face and he's kind of almost like half looking at the camera and it was so noticeable. And that's all when you, when you realise that they turned this movie around in like three months, they probably saw that and were like, Nah, it'll do. It was bad. Um, and the other thing I didn't like was the fact that they spoiled the Christmas Prince in there. I've obviously seen the film for this podcast, but they showed the, the like the final, the final scene, scene of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's true. Very true. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of others and I, I cut the list down because I was like, I just want to do a couple. Um, the plane when they take off from Chicago on this big 747 and it's a quick cut to this landing shot, this little propeller plane. Like I understand the, the use of editing in that process, but that is ridiculous. Like there, <laughs> there are a lot of dots you've got to connect in your mind. Um, and I get that. I, I'm smart enough to work that out, but 
Like, they just look so poor. Like, you have the plane going off, big plane, oh, landing, little plane. Just did not look visually um, <laughs> very, very good at all. Um, Stacy with the prince, um, and this is the scene that you sort of liked where she was trying to cover oh, the no. other one and hiding behind the couch. I just thought the whole, oh, I've got a lazy eye. Like, it just wasn't funny. <laughs> That's true. I was like, come on, surely you can come up with a different excuse. Um, and yeah. finally, the, the last thing that really annoyed me was Olivia, the daughter, is talking to Margaret and they're saying, what should we do today? And she goes, let's go to the square where we bought the Christmas tree from. I'm like, you are on a two-day trip and you've bought a Christmas tree. <laughs> like, it just did not make sense. I could not comprehend it. Like, this, is, this, is, this is out of control. Um, that's a good point. Anyway, that's me done. I'm not going to go any further. So let, let's um, yeah. let's break into some thoughts about what this what the message of this one was, the very explicit ideas that it had on the screen. Yeah, and, and they're nice, but the, you know, the idea of doing the things that make you happy, finding someone who's happy to do them with you, don't be forced into a hole that you don't fit into. Um, yeah, it's pretty simple, pretty nice, you know, follow your dreams kind of thing. Yep, helping others. Christmas is more than just a gesture. It's about love, what's inside counts, planning versus spontaneity. Marriage is not just a duty, et cetera. But although those little messages, mm-hmm. all the same thing that we just repeat over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what did you take away from this one? Well, this is one of those films that I'm weirdly happy to say that I've seen now because I feel like it's a little bit of a poster boy for the Netflix Christmas movie suite. And like you've mentioned, and which I didn't know that they've got their own universe. I feel like this is, this is one of the lead ones. So I, I, I like the fact that I can now be part of that conversation. Um, I've always kind of liked Vanessa Hudgens. So it's certainly something that I did have to check out at some point. So now I can say I've ticked that off the list because otherwise there's not a lot more I'm going to take out of it. Apart from the fact that it probably just goes a little bit too hard on the cringe factor. Um, and if you really wanted to poke holes in it, you could probably do it in almost every scene and probably have a bit of fun doing it. Like you'd laugh at things like, you know, like we said about the plane and the Christmas tree that they purchased. Like it's all there and it's fine, but it's, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I've just said sugary sweet, very inoffensive. If you want a, an appropriate Christmas film for very young people, this is fine. It just yep. doesn't do anything that, pushes boundaries or makes too many inappropriate jokes or anything like that. So it's, it's very, very appropriate for younger people. Mm. Did you go on IMDb to check anyone or anything out? I actually didn't for this movie. And I, I can't remember the last time we've done a movie on the podcast or even just a movie that I've watched in general that I haven't jumped on IMDb to check someone out. So no, I didn't go on it for this. How about you? I didn't go on IMDb, but I did Google something very early on because right at the start, they announce, like they talk about this cooking competition the first couple of minutes and they go, it's in Belgravia. And I was like, this reminds me so much. So I'm like, I need to look up the Christmas Prince. So I looked up the Christmas Prince and that was said in Aldovia. So Aldovia, so yeah. <laughs> Belgravia and Aldovia. So if you chuck an A on the end of a word, it's all good. It's, it's, a, it's a good location. So that was, I just wanted to confirm that it wasn't in the same city. Um, Is it <laughs> fictional? I, mean, I, I don't know. Is it fictional city? I, it's a good question. I'm not sure, but I think that there's some people have written some essays and comparisons about how these are all interconnected and they're all in that same universe, like we mentioned. So, um, oh, yeah, okay. interested. It's worth, worth checking out. You know what? I'm not. I'm not disinterested. I probably will have a little look. Oh yeah, <laughs> go for it. You can film me in next week. Um, <laughs> do you have any questions that you wanted to ask? Well, this is our second Christmas movie for 
this year. So, and and when I say this year, we're recording this in 2020, but these are the 2018 Christmas films for Netflix. And we did this last year and there were three Christmas films. Um, so let's keep them separate. But out of this year, we've done the holiday calendar. What would you, what did you prefer out of the holiday calendar and the princess switch? Um, oh, I can't even remember what I gave that one, but I'm thinking the previous one, I think the holiday calendar had a little bit of originality to it. Even though I wasn't a massive fan, it was still had a bit of an original idea. Yep. Yep. I preferred it too. I didn't mind holiday calendar. Yeah. Um, uh, did you have deja vu watching this? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's so similar to the Christmas Prince that we watched last year, which again, that's got two sequels. So, I mean, they really, and this, this is all kind of around similar time to, I think like when Prince Harry got married. So we had like Royal Weddings were obviously the thing and Netflix is like, we got to, we got to get on this and they've overcompensated for it, obviously, but yeah, there's, there's a ton of, not deja vu specifically, but there's just a ton of familiarity. Um, and yeah, you're right, lack of originality with, with what the story they're trying to tell, uh, which is a little bit of a slap in the face. But also, again, Christmas movies, you're just there. You're not going to watch, you're not going to watch more than five Christmas movies a year generally, as much as you might have the best intentions to do so. So it, it can kind of work. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe if um, we hadn't have seen the Christmas Prince since when you say this, we might have enjoyed this more because we didn't know that previous story. True. Yeah, you're right, actually. Uh, any other questions? I really don't. There's nothing that I was confused by in the plot that I needed your help to decipher. So, nah. Oh, good. All right. Well, um, it's almost time to, to wrap it up then and we give a rating out of five to give it an average out of five. I'm very excited to hear what you've got to say. Oh, look, this, this movie... Like it, it tried very hard to be fun and, and I do respect that. And it was also really self-aware of what it was doing, but I, I kind of feel like it just lent a little bit too far into itself. And I, I think it thought uh, because we're self-aware, we've got a green light to overplay on this cringe factor. And as a Christmas movie lover, even I thought that was just too much to swallow, but I'm still going to give it two stars because if you watched it in isolation, and you just wanted a bit of your Christmas fix, I think you'll still get it. But it's very lucky to get a two out of me. Yep, fair. Uh, I think the, we saw visits to orphanages. We saw pretending to be someone you're not. We saw opening up a new shop in some kind of location that's where you're going to follow your dream man. I've heard this and I've seen this all before. <laughs> and I, it's from Netflix as well. So, um <laughs> To me, it was extremely frustrating. So I'm giving it a one and a half, which will be a 1.75. But I think that's just, uh, about where it should. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's why I'm staggered by it sitting at a six on IMDb. Over 20,000 people were like, yep, this this is a above par movie. And and But you know what? If you're a 10-year-old girl, I can imagine – sorry, girl or boy, to be honest. I can imagine you loving this movie, it, you know, it – December one ticks over and you want to put this on because it's going to give you all the Christmas feels. I can, I can, I can so see that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, we have socials, we have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Question to pop up there for this week is uh, if you could live a day in someone else's shoes, who would it be? Oh. Mm. So it's, I'd, I'd go, man. I think I'd go Nelson Mandela. Yeah. That's not an answer that I can, sorry. That's not a question that I can answer. Without more thought, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's a, a very exciting one. proposition, though. Yeah. 
just to take yeah on that, that vibe of what we saw, I guess, rather than just like a twin and switching, it's you know the parent truck sort of style. It's who who else could it be? Um, yep. Yeah, have, have a think. Have a think. But um, I guess the the best thing is that we have another Christmas film next week. <laughs> which Can't wait. I'm very excited for, and this is from 2018 as well. It's a comedy called The Christmas Chronicles. It's directed by Clay Cadis. Stars Kurt Russell, Judah Lewis, Darby Camp, which I think possibly been in. Couple. Uh, and um, yeah, a couple. Yeah. Ben Mendelssohn one. He was in that one. Yes. Um, Lamorne Morris, Kimberly Williams Paisley, and Oliver Hudson. So that's our film for next week is The Christmas Chronicles. I have not watched this film and I have wanted to watch this film. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Hmm, I, there was a lot of promo for this one when it came out. I mm. remember it very, very much. And so it should be good. Cool. Am I correct in saying there's a sequel for this one or there's a sequel coming for this one as well? Yes, so, yeah, directed by Chris Columbus, um, directed ah, okay. Harry, Harry Potter's and Home Alone's, et cetera. Yeah, recently coming out. So we'll, we'll be doing the first one next week, though. Yeah, okay, good one. to know. <laughs> the second one in about 2025. <laughs> yeah, bloody Netflix. <laughs> Been a pleasure, as usual, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, right back at you, mate. I'll chat to you next week. <laughs>